Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. Hey, everyone. You've downloaded our podcast for today. Stav uh, is not here, so we're going to ring him. Well, he's the out the front. He's in a conversation, but he's like, I'm not going to come in just because you want me to come in. I'll come in in my own time. <laughs> Told you I'm going to the bathroom. God, he's got attitude today. <laughs> we're ringing him. I know, oh, no, he's standing outside the door now on purpose. Okay. You're right, mate. We're What's ringing wrong? you. We're ringing. Huh? The person you are calling is not available. Do you not have vibrate on your phone? No, it's his phone's actually left it in here. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. When, you, when you're looking for your phone and then... I hate it when I'm on the phone. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, I'm just trying to leave the home house, but I can't find my phone. And they're like, and you go, oh my God, I'm talking to you. Find my phone is one of the most amazing inventions. Although it's not accurate ever. for when you're in the house. No, no, Do you but know, like no. to point out. But, I, but you can play the sound off it, which is handy. So you yeah. play, you press a button on your phone, and then it will make the other phone make a sound, so you can follow it that I way. I know that. Yeah, even mm. if the phone's on silent. Yes. No, it doesn't. On silent, it will. If it's turned off or run out of battery, you're done. Um, but if it's on silent, it forces a sound to come out of it. Because I got one of those, you know, I want, someone bought me one of those tile things, you know, those tiles. I've got one of those. I've never used it, though. Like, keys? Yeah, but it just, it, like you said, it just says, your keys are in your house. <laughs> you know, like, I know that. Yeah. Where? <laughs> like, yes. I want behind the couch, you know. <laughs> I want it that specific. Do they, they don't make a noise, do they? No. Just, and uh, I mean, imagine if you, if you lost them in a park, it'd be great. You know, because yeah, you'd be able to find. Part. But if it, if it's if not that specific, mm. wasn't there also a keyring you could get at one point where you could clap, clap or whistle? Yeah, and they whistle. would make a noise. Yeah, whistle, and I'd whistle back. So that's the keys. It was like real back when our, we were real kids. It's like when you had that for the lights. Yeah. Mm. Like, do they still do the whistle keyrings? Probably. I wonder. Just glue one of those to your phone. Well, you don't need to. You got to find so, my iPhone thing. If you want to go old school, mm. whistle to find your nipple. Keys. <laughs> <laughs> you never could, could you? Uh, <laughs> never. <laughs> Same as when they grab it and say five fruits, you'd be like, orange, 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 <laughs> apple, orange. Can't. Every time you do that voice, I think of the, um, what was it again? The Long Beat Corella, <laughs> one of the great talkers of the bird world. That'll make more sense in the middle of today's podcast. Well, that really got you. <laughs> <laughs> was, was, it, was it the way I said it with conviction? I think it just wasn't came it? Out of like, like it was normal. <laughs> like, like, like everyone's like, time. yeah, it sure is. <laughs> it also infers that you know all the other ones as well. Like, yeah, you know, like the parakeet, that's not one of the best talkers. It can hold a tune, but you know, it's not regarded as one of the best talkers of the <laughs> bird world. <laughs> Shit, I should have asked Dr. Chris Brown. We just recorded an interview with him. I thought that's where you were going when you went with that. I didn't ask him so much. You went Mm. with the other one. I know, and I didn't enjoy the answer. I'll probably cut it out of the interview. (laughs) Well, good, because I need to talk about it in more detail, that one. Yeah, you've got something on that tomorrow. Mm. Talking about the deer, which is also in the middle of this podcast. There's a lot to get through in today's podcast. There is. So we'll stop being one of the great talkers of the humans, and (laughs) we'll make you have a listen. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Talking about real estate. Real estate agent. Buy real estate in Australia because it's a great investment. We're all hearing that it's so hard to to buy a house in this market, maybe because people are coming from down south, but welcome. But house prices have just really gone up. So people trying to get into the housing market and even renting as well are Mm. finding it really tough. 
Well, a house uh, uh, the other week sold for like 900000 in Oxley. Well, the, the auction and I was like, what? rate at the moment is sitting around 70%, which is ridiculous because normally it's around about 35 to 40%. That's the clearance rate. So it's, wow. yeah, it's really hard at the moment and quite stressful some, for some people. But we wanted to know if there was a place in Brisbane that you could afford to buy. All right, joining us is uh, Lloyd Edge. He is the director of Oz Property Professionals. Mate, is it time to just give up on the dream of buying a house because it's getting out of control, or what do we do? Uh, well, actually, there's, there's definitely plenty, plenty of options around. I think options around um, Logan, so uh, some of the cheaper price points around um, yeah, Acacia Ridge and uh, in Isla, even Bannockburn present pretty good options uh, for people getting into the market where you can still get good houses um, on good land value around um, you know, three to $400,000 mark, which I, I think is pretty good. And then on the, on the north side, uh, you know, a hidden gem, I think, is also uh, Deception Bay, right. uh, which um, has a, you know, still has very good proximity to the water and, and to amenities. Uh, if we're going a little bit further north, then um, around Launton, Tea Tree, we can still find some, some good value in those sort of markets as well. What about, like, it is a seller's market at the moment because there is, I guess, a shortage. When you're going to an open home and there's, like, 40 other couples, what can you do to set yourself aside? I think the main thing you've got to do is uh, try to get your um, contacts with, with agents beforehand. So, uh, if possible, try to try to get uh, well acquainted with all the real estate agents and, and just try to see if there's opportunities uh, before they even hit the market because that's, that's one of the things that uh, that I've been able to do a little bit lately, uh, yeah, which is, I think, really important because otherwise you are going to be competing against 40 or 50 other people. But when you do um, have quite a lot of opposition there, I think making sure you've got all your ducks in a row, mm. have a good um, good deposit um, available there, have your finance ready, and be prepared to, to exchange uh, straight away. So know the market well. So if you're going to buy in a certain suburb, make sure you've done your research. So once you see a property you like, you're already familiar with the, the area and you're happy to buy there because if you decide you want to take 24 hours to think about it, unfortunately, one of the other 50 buyers on the property might already have exchanged on it. What do, you, what do you think about walking in, Lloyd, and saying, all right, let's find out where these termites have got to? Or the asbestos, <laughs> good one. Yeah, well, absolutely. That's, that, that, that could be a good one to put on a lot of the other buyers, <laughs> I, I think. Scare um, them out of there. those strategies for you. That's more dodgy stuff that we could ask you about. Um, oh, God, look, look at all these blood stains on the carpet. Oh, never comes out. On. Never the comes crime out. cleaner did such a good job in here. Um, Lloyd, you yourself have over $12 million uh, worth of real estate, and you currently own 16 properties. Do you have properties here in Brisbane? Yes, I do. Yeah, so I've, I've got properties in um, on the north side as well, and I've also got a um, one or two properties in the in, in the city around Newstead as well. Um, but you know, like I've never seen anything. Uh, you know, in the twenty or so years that I've been in property, uh, it's definitely uh, much hotter than it's than it's ever been. I think the last time Brisbane really took off was about two thousand and three. So, mm. so some yeah, you know, there's a lot of action, and we can put that down to a number of things. The the interest rates are at an historically low time at the moment. Um, there's FOMO coming into the market. Vendors are still sort of holding off selling, thinking that they can get a little bit more if they sell a bit later on. So, uh, you know, so there's a bit of a shortage of stock there. Uh, with borders, uh, you know, border closures both uh, internationally and state-wise, people haven't been able to go anywhere to spend money. So I think they're thinking that they're just going to you know, buy property uh, and all that kind of stuff. So there's a number of things that are sort of really pushing the, uh, the markets up at the moment. But my advice to people would be, just not to, uh, yeah, not to suffer from FOMO and try not to sort of you know, pay too much and, and get 
over your head. Lloyd Edge, uh, mate, thank you so much for your time and info this morning. You're the director of Oz Property Professionals. Um, there is still opportunity to get yourself the Australian dream right here in Brisbane. Nice to chat. Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. It's time once again for What's My Job? The game where people guess what other people do for a living. Prince Harry, he's now working nine to five. He's what got a way a, to make a I living. Know, I know. Do we, can we still call him Prince Harry? No. Harry, do we, what do you want me to do, Harry? Oh, I'm just asking the question. He's always like, going to be a prince in my eye until he gets rid of his baggage. Um, but hey. So, mm, oh, see, I'm not sure you're allowed to do that anymore. What do you mean? Put How, down Megan. Yeah. Why? I mean, why? All right, Pierce, go for it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad that they've left the family. Like, I just want them all to get along. Mm -hmm. Like, what would make my days if they're all sitting down to high tea with the Queen and they're all happy days? Like, I thought she was going to be a beautiful princess. Mm. And I love princesses because I wanted to be one. Mm. Mary's done it. Kate did it. The next one was Megan. You know that I was supporting her. But now she's moved to LA. She just wouldn't keep her trap shut and do as she was told. No, I don't mean that. I just thought they would have been a beautiful couple. And I reckon they could have changed the royal family from the inside out. I think they they, they kind of did. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, he's got a new job at the moment, um, and it is this. The Duke of Sussex just revealed that he has a new gig as the Chief Impact Officer at Better Up Eat. Yeah, at Silicon Valley. There you go. We call him the Duke of Sussex now. Right. right. So that's his name. He's still going to have that title because he always is. I guess he was born into it. But what is that job? An impact officer. So it's for a tech company in Silicon Valley. Chief. Chief. Chief, Chief Impact, Impact Officer. Officer. So, oh, so he's got other, people under him. Sounds like it. There's other Impact Officers Impact answering to him. But he's the chief one. What does he do? Uh, I reckon he... It'd be something to do with making changes. Like, <laughs> if people don't want stuff to change, they'd be like, send in Harry. Okay, and convince it's people. This. Go, yeah. Oh, I didn't realise. Well, you know, your hands on your hands. I intend to help create <laughs> impact in people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does. So it's coaching and mental health. So create an impact in their life. Oh. So he would say about how he was treated and how not to treat people, I guess, and how that's impacted for the mental health of him and his wife and how not to treat people. Okay. Right? But we thought, why don't we just get the ridiculous uh, 2021 job titles? Now, they always say that if someone, you don't want to pay them extra, mm. you just give them a fancy job title because people feel like they have, they're, they're wanted. So yeah. some easier ones is Deputy of Counterintelligence. That's an easy one? It's an easy one, I thought so, yeah. Intelligence? Well, you work for the government, so counterintelligence? No, you fix computers. Oh. That's a job title that people have got given. Deputy of counterintelligence. Mm. Mm. So you're over the counter. Oh, counterintelligence. I thought you were working for ASIO mm, or yeah. something. No, 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 no. Okay. Executive board trainee is, this is no joke, this is what someone in the, a company has been done, executive board trainee. So oh. it's pretty high up to be on the board, but you're mm-hmm. a trainee. So you're just the person who takes the minutes. Yeah, get the coffee. And they say that you're a trainee. You get to be in the room, mm. but you're not. It's actually what someone was given when they were the child of the boss. <laughs> <laughs> so Frontline <laughs> customer support facilitator. Receptionist at a hospital. Or a retail person on the till. Close, Maddie. Call centre. Uh, so you're the frontline customer support facilitator. What about a, this was a job at Automatic, uh, happiness engineer. Comedian. 
No, no, no. Providing 24-7 support via uh, live chat for companies. You know those live chats? That you I love those people. Do you? They don't get back to you. They're serving other people. I'm like, focus on me. And their photo that they have there is not the real them. No, of course it's They're not. just stock photos. And I want to see the real person. And I don't even know if that's their real name. Well, you don't want to see them, a busted photo of them drinking, yes, I do. drinking a Red Bull and vodka that's in a exactly nightclub. That's what I want to see. They're like, what's up? It's Chaz here. How can I help you with your insurance? <laughs> They're not people. No, there what? are there they're are people. some that are actual people, people, and then there's some that are generated. Yeah, they say if they're bots because they say they're training. Yeah, okay. they're real people, mate. Okay, enjoy that. I'll put a hundred. Oh my god, I'll put a, I'll put a thousand dollars because I have given them SAS and they've equally given it back yeah. to me. And I've even asked exactly what call center they're at, and they're like, "Why is this really important to you?" I'll dip a grand well, in. A computer couldn't do that. I'll dip a grand the in. Bots are crap. If you answered a bot, I did it at Booper the other day, and they didn't understand me. That Maybe was that was a, a bad real person. No, mate. Are you are you going to put a grand into this bet too? No. Because <laughs> they, yeah. they need to say whether they are yeah. or not. Okay, cool. Why is he doing that? So he won't put money on the bet, but he's still trying to do that passive-aggressive, like, you're know, lying. He'll, wa- he'll yawn in a minute. He knows he's oh, wrong. Gambling okay. is a sin. <laughs> well, you've got a lot of sins You're gambling to a lot on your life. First. Uh, people <laughs> partner. This is a job at Sonos? Sonos? They're Sonos, a uh, bit of good sound mm. bars. It's my people time. partner. People partner. Um, God, they do, They play the ads. They pick the it's ads. It's weird what they do. They drive people's strategy and alignment for the company. Even their, even their explanation of their title is a weird title. Yeah, what about digital profit? That's a job at AOL, digital profit. Hey, guys, we're just hiring for some digital profits right now. Um, marketing team? Yeah, they... For online marketing? Uh, they make predictions about the company's future. Anyone can do that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, well, you just employed Trent. We're in trouble. Everyone knows what he's like. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Yesterday when I uh, was coming home from, from work, mm. um, I had a moment coming down the Centenary Highway as I drove past the Jindalee DFO. Oh, yeah. And I thought, am I hallucinating? Because just as I'm cruising along, traffic's beautiful, just going easily. You know, you go over the Jindalee Bridge and you always have a peek down at the water, especially once it's been raining, to be like, oh, how high is the water down there? And then as I look up from that and I'm coming past, there's like a little, um, it's like a, like a hill that goes up, up to it. It's all green and grassy. And I thought I saw deer. Two big fat adult deers, one little baby deer, deer, just running along. So they were moving. Running along the road. Just saying, I just didn't know if there were statues or something. So they're definitely moving. Great question. Definitely running. Yeah. And I thought they were deer, and then I was like, antler deer or just normal, like, see, no antlers, no antlers on them. But they talking about. Yeah. Well, it's that's funny. I'm saying that's not a silly question because I I worried about it and I was like. Do we have deer in Brisbane? Riddled. Am I seeing something? And so I thought, <laughs> riddled. I need to ring someone who's smart. And I rang Siobhan, our producer. Yeah. And I was like, hey, don't judge me. What's the go? Hey, you city slicker here. Do she, we have deer? She sent me a, a number. And so I rang the Brisbane City Council. What, do you mean you, what number did you send? The Brisbane City Council number? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. She looked on the internet. They're 24 hours. The deer hotline. Service. You can ring a number if... um. If you see like wild animals, so I rang that, and she's like, "Nah, wrong thing. Call Main Road." So I ring Main Roads, and the chick who I got, because I'm not a notice something and call person. I'm like, someone else will deal with that. But you're concerned about your well-being. Something inside yep. of me. No, someone's, someone's lost their deer. Well, no, I was thinking if there's wild deer running around and a car hits it, that'll yes. be bad. I was, I was more yep. thinking about yep. the safety of people. Uh, the animal. Oh, yep. So, <laughs> well, the animal. 
Okay. I, I'm, I'm not Irish vegan. Yeah. No worries. Um, <laughs> so I rang, and this is the thing. I'm like, I'm not a calling person. So when I ring, the lady goes, yeah, right. So we're like, when you say deer, do you mean reindeer? <laughs> Because she, she wanted to know if there was antlers, and said, she wanted to know what she was working with. Did she ask the question, which I would have worked, was anyone with you um, and also saw the same thing? <laughs> Her tone said that. Mm. Were, there like, were there like 11 deer paying out one poor deer that wasn't getting to play all the what other colour? deer games? Like brown? Well, this like is, or like tan? This is what I said to her. I said, brown. no, not really? like a reindeer. Mm. There was no antlers. Think like Bambi, but a fat yeah, Bambi. Yeah, that's, oh, okay. And they were, were there really two, fat. one big, one small? There was, well, there was a kid with them. And I thought, like, she was pregnant as well. What do you well. mean there was a kid with them? Some, they had, they had a baby kid. with them, like two adults. and, and Oh, so it was three deer? It looked like a family. Okay. And so I'm explaining all of this, and she goes... Great. Look, I'm just going to put you through to another department. <laughs> they put me through to another department. <laughs> and then it's like, are you um, reporting something on the roads? And I well, was people like, are calling 131060. Maybe they've seen the same deer. Uh, if, 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 if you go... Okay, so you, I know exactly yeah, yeah, where you yeah. are. What happened after that? They put you onto someone else. Well, it goes through this recorded oh, message know. of all these things that have been reported already, and I freaked out, and I was like, I'm not having the reindeer Bambi conversation with another person, so I hung up the phone and just walked away and left it. If you go... So, Jindalee DFO that way, yeah. if you turn the other way into that area, I think it's like West Lakes and whatnot, yeah. deer everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but it was out of context, I think, for him, and but they were lost. I lost the little deer. I didn't know that. I've, I didn't think Brisbane had deer. Heaps. They do. Yeah, what do you, yeah, but don't say like heaps like it's common knowledge. Yeah. There must be like in the roadway. I think it's looking well, I know, at the I know, phone around lines. the same area. Mm. Okay, all right, mm. you're in. Okay, I, but I'm just saying I didn't think we had. Well, I can imagine if you didn't deer. know, it would be like if you saw a wolf, you'd be like, oh my god. Do you have deer up in yeah. Barden? No. If I saw, oh, they're not riddled. If not I riddled, saw a then, koala or a group of possums, you're like, yeah, but you're like, this is a deer. Because that's you got to remember they... that's deer. That's Rudolph deer, <laughs> but that's still a deer. They're Bambi deer. Bambi deer. I love yeah. Bambi deer. So you can just see when I've explained to her, I've seen a Bambi deer, and the woman's like, you're a smackhead. Brad in Mount Cravat, help Maddie out here. Have you seen the deer? Yes, I have. I've been Ubering at ten thirty on a Friday or Saturday night, mm. and I've been. Driving, dropping people off at Mount Omni, mm. and definitely they've. Um, I, I thought they were big giant um, German shepherds at first. <laughs> yeah, they don't look like deer. They freak you out. And they were. That's exactly. They were no antlers, and there Baby was like deer. two of them. Baby two deer. of them went running. Yeah, they running were across the road. Yeah, Maybe they, they trained pairs. one and man, they took it. So you're saying it's just in that area? Because I wonder if there's... Yeah. Yeah. So mm, where else is there deer? Because yeah. I haven't seen any in Crean Heights. Just be aware, guys. There's Bambi deer out there. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. I want to get your advice on this, Maddie. And if you don't agree with me, I probably won't go with it. But it's good to get your advice because <laughs> <laughs> you know how our relationship works. I only listen to the parts that I'm wanting. But... I don't know if this is a nice present or not, and I want to hear from ladies that might have done it. If you've got, like, a handy hubby, <laughs> but you've hired a tradie on them, because my husband can do anything around the house. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do the electrical work or the plumber. We've got friends that come and do that because that you've got to have, be certified for yeah. it. Yeah. But he likes to think he can do the painting better than anyone else, any of the handiwork. He can put everything up, and generally he can, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the lawn. Ah. Uh-huh. Is terrible. 
And it's really bad. Mm. And I feel sorry for him because it's not his specialty. And he doesn't love it as much as Maddie because there's so much he still needs to work on the house. It's a lifestyle. Lawn is a lifestyle. Yeah, and he completely <laughs> built our house from... Lord it was a life. very, very run-down, really crap um, house. And he lifted it himself, extended yeah. it. Wow. But we haven't finished it, yeah. so he's still working on it. And he built the pool by himself, so mm-hmm. that's his baby. So yeah. he always makes sure that's fine. But the lawn is just terrible. Is it? Now, is this a nice present or mm. is it rude if I get... A landscaper over uh, to do it uh, and be like, there you go. Yeah. And he's going to well, just cut it, cut his grass. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he can cut that Literally. himself. <laughs> he can cut that himself. But like, just frizz it up or do whatever like, the landscapers brown... do. Yeah. Fix it. Just get someone like in to fix specialist it. in. And would that be a nice thing, or would he be annoyed that I've spent money on it? Because let's just say you've got let's. Just, and if anyone's out there, you've got a carpenter husband, mm. but he never gets around to doing stuff at the house. Mm, yeah. And you kind of go, we really need the skirting board done. Mm. I'll just hire someone to do it. How would, would you he... feel if you got a chef? Amazing. See, but I'm not a chef. But you could do all the cooking, yeah, but I don't enjoy it. He enjoys doing stuff around mm, the house, but he doesn't enjoy the lawn. I don't think so. But so. He... Be so tight with money. Mm. It would if if I came home and there was another man <laughs> mowing my lawn. You would rather find your wife cheating. A hundred percent. I get inside. And I slept with you. <laughs> I don't care about the second part, but stay off my grass. Get off my lawn because I have a particular way I like yes. to do it. Oh, okay. so, so for me. <laughs> For yeah. me, it would not be nice. Oh, it what would be. What about for Scotty then? Because let's just say there's painting that needs to be done at your house. You could do it. I know you could. You're handy, but you don't enjoy it. Would it be nice if Esther had booked a painter to do the room that she's been nagging for you to do? If she did it without asking me, then that would annoy That's me not, oh, because it's oh. like uh, it's like uh, I've been asking you to do it and you didn't do it. So here, in your face, I've got someone to do it. Nah, yeah. And it would be like that is on my to do list. I'm not sure when I'm going to do it, but it's somewhere in there. But we need a time frame. <laughs> Yeah, but in, you you keep what about? making me go to kids' birthday parties. So, so we, therefore can spend, the we can spend more quality time together. That's why I got the painter on. Yeah, but we're saving money. So like, I, I could have done that without charging we're them saving 50 money, but quality time together. We really can't put a price on that. Yeah, you I, can. I don't think you do it. I think it will it will upset him. You got thirteen ten sixty. Have you have you called in a man to do your man's job? How did he feel about it? I could get a woman landscaper. Maybe you care. will. Just anyone that's handy with grass. Because he ain't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he likes it. Do I you think want... he got it for you. Wait, it's all just the way, <laughs> the way you present it. You go, Look, I know you don't like doing the lawn, and it's getting a bit bad, and I know it's not your area of expertise. If I so him, I got to. He won't give permission. Oh, okay. There is never any time that he would ever give permission for a trade to come in because he hates paying money for something he could do, or he hates paying full price if friends can do it. Why, why, why don't you do it this way? Why don't you get people to come in when he's not there and then pretend it's him? And so eventually, when it comes back, you're, like, you're doing a really good job on that well, lawn. That's what not I was... knowing that Bob's in the background. I don't think I was going to tell him. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. You've ruined that. Do you that. want me to come around and have a look? I reckon he'll be less upset. That's true. He would love if you to. If it was me. Yeah, you can come and do it. We won't pay you. Do you, want I... me... <laughs> do you want me to come around and have a look? No, definitely not. No, you've got soil and stuff and you pretend it's grass at your house. Set up your TV, though. You can do that. You can come and do that. <laughs> you definitely can. Oh, look at no you. one knows TVs like you, babe. <laughs> you just recruiting husbands everywhere. What about the other think... thing? <laughs> 
No, no, he's we good try. at that. I just think that you you know what you're good at and just stick to that. You don't Ooh. have to be mm-hmm. an all rounder when it yeah, comes you do. to the house. Jack of all you trades, don't. master of none. Yeah. yeah. You don't. I'm quite happy to outsource. If anyone came in and was like, I'm going to do some I'm of the, gonna, the cooking, the washing, the start, the cooking yeah. I would say you go for it. All right. Well, we've got some calls coming through. We'll find out what these uh, ladies have done and how their partners reacted. And you can either choose to follow their advice or ignore them. And if there's a guy who the wife did it to them, I'm happy to hear your reaction. Now, Jess in Launton, um, how does your hubby go when you do stuff like this to him? Uh, my hubby's the same as Abby's. He's a carpenter by trade as well, and he absolutely hates spending money that he can do himself. So if I need or want things done, I will say that I'll do it myself or I'll get quotes and then <laughs> it'll start happening. Right. So if you get a trope quote for the job, then it will happen. Yeah. yeah. He'll get in and do it. Okay. <laughs> That's not bad. So threats. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they always yeah. work in a marriage, <laughs> and I'm not even joking. Andy, <laughs> Andy and Cedar Vale, are oh, you you're a tradie? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm actually an electrician. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what happened to you? Uh, my wife got one of my electrician friends to come and finish off some work that I kept delaying. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel about that, Andy? Uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. He's, he was a really good friend of mine. He was one of my grooms at my wedding, ah, so it turned out all right. Yeah, and you get to hang out. See, I, Andy, I don't know if this yeah. is a thing. I always, my husband, like, it's the last 10% of all the jobs that I feel like the trades have an issue doing. Like, they've started it, but then they're just not finishing it. Yeah, I, I started it. I had about a week before we moved in to basically re- rewire this place, and uh, I just didn't want to get in the roof to finish it off. <laughs> Fair enough. My brother's a sparky. He hates getting in the roof, and he did get bitten by a redback spider, so I can understand that. It's not that you were too busy. You just didn't want to do it. <laughs> Sharon and Logan home. Do you do this to your man? Yeah, good morning. I um, I think you should do it, Abby. Yeah. Um, You know... Quality time with the family far outweighs. He's obviously not keen to do it or it'll look better than what it did. Mm. Um, seven years, my hubby's been, we're going to renovate. We're going to renovate, you know, bathroom since 1978. <laughs> um, the, the final straw for me was when a mushroom started growing through the floor. Okay. <laughs> and I went, that's it. It's getting done. And I just got tradies in to do it. Fair enough. And what was his reaction? Did he understand and kind of appreciate it once it was done? Oh, my goodness. So jumped up and down about the money to yep. start with. Um, mind you, he's a car enthusiast, so it's nothing to spend $30,000 on. You know, a Jeep or a Valiant or, you know. But now that the process has started, the lounge room's complete, the en-suite's now done in the new walk-in robe, the laundry's all being done in the butler's pantry, he's like, yes, I can see a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And he's got more time to work on his cars. Yeah. Yeah. Win, win, win. win. Family time, I think she said. Neville, uh, mate, tell us, what what do you think about this? Neville? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Yep. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, sorry, mate. Um, no, I, I, I think it's just uh, like outsources integrity, to be honest. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that, that, that's a personal thing, you know. Like, I know, I think when I do things around the house and I try to get things done, um, I take pride in, in doing it. And if, if I can get it done, it, you know, happy wife, happy life, you know, it mm. makes your wife feel better. Um, but to get someone else in to do it, uh, just yeah, just not my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no, I understand what he's saying. 
So I think probably you are the best option. Me? Well, you yeah. never thought you'd say that. Yeah. So you can come over and do it. I mean, this was a long, it was a long play. <laughs> I'm going to have to check with my wife to see if I'm allowed. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Alpha Bucks tomorrow, guys. It's worth $10,000 to you. Here are two answers um, to play the 25th of March. They are enormous and elbows. So your letter is E. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Chris Boudreaux, her son Damien Claremont, became the target of a radical Islamic recruiter and literally led to the battlefield, killed, fighting for ISIS. Yeah, this is this is a story you see on 60 Minutes, you know, mm. or you read about in some sort of newspaper, but to speak to a mother that this has happened to them is unbelievable. Um, we're going to speak to a woman right now from Canada who her son converted to Islam and then went over to ISIS and unfortunately lost his life whilst fighting for them. Um, and we're so appreciative of her sharing her story. Christiane uh, Bodro is on with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. H- how did your son first have interest in it? That's a good question. It was such an early state when not many people even understood anything about this type of radicalization or what was going on. My understanding is that he met with somebody within a a group of friends uh, in Calgary, Canada, Mm. and then further radicalized by reading online material that was costing him. I think that's one of the scariest things for parents hearing this is a lot of this happened in his bedroom in his hometown. That and that they can that get that close to you without you even knowing what's happening. You're downstairs in the kitchen, and this is going on upstairs. That's exactly it. It can happen to anybody. It can happen to any family. A lot of times, as parents, we're not even aware that there's any changes. They're told to keep it very quiet. They're very secretive, and they keep it within themselves. So it's difficult to tell. I mean, we're talking about the extremist part of it, which is actually not the, the religion, but did he have an interest in that at first and were you somewhat pleased at that stage? It wasn't so much the extremist. When he first converted to the religion, everything was fine. It was peaceful. But I think it was a couple of years out when he met some other people and started to feel that connection, that community. And then they played on his vulnerabilities, which was a weakness for children, women, standing up for the rights of those of, of the weaker people, more vulnerable in his mind, and they played to that. And that's where they turned it around in his mind. It wasn't an extremist point of view. It was more of stepping up to the plate to do the right thing. So <clears throat> he's converted to Islam. He's found religion after um, going through a bout of depression. So as a mother, you're happy for him because he's found a community and then he's been radicalised. When did you first find out that he was heading off to Syria? Did he tell you? No, actually, uh, prior to his departure, which is November 2012, in the summer, he had indicated he was going to Egypt. He wanted to travel to Egypt to study, to become an imam. Uh, at that point in time, based on history, based on how attached he was to family and home, I didn't think he was going to go. He'd had other opportunities in the past that he gave up because it was too far away. So I thought it was just all talk until the morning he phoned me from the airplane and he was just getting ready to leave. Wow. Uh, I could hear all the noises around realizing it was for real. And that's when it hit me. But even at that point in time, I believed he was going where he said he was going to go. Mm. I had no reason to doubt it. I didn't understand any differences. I didn't know 
that there was such a thing as traveling anywhere else for any other reason. How long after he left did um, the Canadian intelligence officers arrive at your door to tell you otherwise? They didn't arrive at my door till the end of January 2013, so almost three months later. Mm. Wow. And, and what information did they have for you at that point? At that point, well, I didn't even know that there was a Canadian intelligence service. It was, again, <laughs> living in Canada, we're really naive to yeah. a lot of these things. We're told that we live in the most peaceful country yeah. and the whole extent of it. So I was pretty shocked that they were coming to my home, and I was scared that something had happened to them and that it was more of a, um, an international affairs situation. When they came to me, they had all the questions, and I said, she's not even in the country, and explained he'd gone off. And they said, oh, no, we've been watching him for almost two years. Wow. And here's Whoa. what we suspect and what he's been doing exactly. And even the hardest part of that is then they didn't they inform you that you weren't allowed to tell anyone what was going on with him because they, it was an investigation. And so you, you had to sit with all this information by yourself. Originally, that's what they had instructed me. In fact, they used fear tactics. So they said that I wasn't allowed to discuss it with any of my friends, family or neighbors, that if these, as they call them, bad guys, got a hold of the information. They knew where I lived, worked, where my younger children went to school, and they may come after us. So then I had to keep it all quiet. Um, was there any anger that they had been following him for two years and I guess allowed him to go on a plane, if that's what happened, to go over there? Would you? Is there not sort of that you wish yeah. that they told you so that you could have that chat with him and be able to stop it? Absolutely. Uh, and again, it, because I was so naive at the time, and by the time this all came to fruition, and I'd gone through all my conversations with them trying to do whatever I could to cooperate, to try to find a way to bring them back, mm. realizing it was a ruse, it was just trying to get more information. They weren't, they had no intentions of helping the family at all. And I finally stood up to them. That's when the anger came, I think. Mm. And when I started digging and asking the questions, their story was that they had no legal processes to be able to stop him from traveling, which I then found out was not true. There was a precedent case in 2011 where they had used some indicators in, in order to stop somebody from traveling. What happened the day that you found out that he had passed away? How did, how did that play out for you? I was actually sitting at home working uh, in the evening and I received a phone call. I thought it was telemarketer hung up. The phone rang again. It was the same individual and it turned out to be a journalist. And all he said was, do you have a recent photo of Damien? And I said, why? And he said, oh, well, there's been a eulogy that's been tweeted out. And I just want to compare it to make sure that it's him. Wow. Oh, my God. So, so the Islamic State... Um, had actually tweeted out a photo and said, Here, here's one of our fighters who's perished. It wasn't the Islamic State per se as an organization, but it was one of the other fighters that was a good friend of his that had done that. Wow. So did you ever get your son's body to bury him back in Canada? That, unfortunately, is impossible. Mm. Um, with regards to the government in Canada, there's no discussion. I still have no death certificate. They refused to communicate with anything. They refused to do anything to help and that was the end of it. I'd spoken with a couple of other journalist friends who traveled back and forth into Syria and had been there when they had uncovered mass graves 
and they indicated that some of the foreign fighters were buried with their passports and paperwork. Mm -hmm. And if they ever did come across anything, they would let me know. But other than that, I've never heard a thing since. Christina, did he manage to call you from over there? Do you remember your last conversation with him? Yeah, I had several conversations with him when he was over there right up until once he moved. He originally gone in with Jabat al-Nusra um, in June of 2013 when all the infighting started. That's when he moved over into ISIS and formed an alliance with them. Survival the fittest, they were a stronger group. We continued to talk off and on, but at that time it became very strange yeah. between us because I kept begging for him to come home. That I loved him and we missed him and we'd do whatever we could to, mm. to get him home. And, and he had, didn't want to hear anything about it. Um, so he his seemed, belief system was stronger than ever. He seemed disconnected, I guess, at that point to, to his family and everything back home. It, it must be a hard. Yeah, exactly. It must have been hard for you, I guess, to grieve as well because a lot of people like to associate that he, he wasn't a, a lovely person growing up, that it, of course, has sort of jumped over to this evil side. So it was hard, I guess, for people to maybe to talk about it with other people. The hardest thing in Canada is because the way the families have been treated. Mm. A lot of other families have not wanted to discuss it or connect. They just want to go about their thing. And I can understand where they're coming from. They're terrified. They're scared. Their jobs have been threatened. Many other different reasons. It's been horrible. And to be able to, to experience something like that, to find the memories, to connect and have somebody understand without judgment how loving our children were. And this is not the person they were growing up. Mm. It's difficult to find that connection, and that's a big part of the healing. Just with, with hearing your story and not having a body, not having any any sort of formal uh, paperwork or any sort of um, real proof, is is there any chance at all that Damien is still alive, or is that this is something you just had to move on from? Well, it's been over seven years now, so I think it's something you just have to move on from. I also had confirmation, fortunately, I had some journalist friends that had connections in Syria, mm. and they were able to confirm that, yes, indeed, this had happened. And I think because you hear horror stories of other parents hearing that their child has died, and then they find out they're not, and then they hear again. Mm. And this happened several times. In this case, I was able to get confirmation from several other people that, yes, indeed, it happened. So on the other side, as a mom, I think... Deep down inside, you do feel mm. you have those instincts, mm. and you know, you just know. Yeah. Well, Christiane, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with us this morning. Um, we know it must be tough to talk about um, from all angles, so thank you so much for calling through. No worries at all. And I just hope that anybody that needs help, if they want to reach out, Mothers for Life is, is there, and we try to do whatever we can to connect, no matter what type of radicalization or extremism it is. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Sam Fisher, we realise that everyone just has this genetic, generic, like, this is my mum's voice, even if it sounds nothing like them. 
Well, his song with Demi Lovato talks about how he doesn't ring his mum anymore. Mm. And, you know, when you ring your mum after you haven't called her for a long time, if you live away, she's always like, eh, do you think of me? Eh, do you very good me? Zita sounds nothing like that. She does. Exactly like that. Like, that was, I thought she was in the room. I want to hear your mum's voices. Oh, Abby, that was really inappropriate. Oh, God. Why, why is she, she a accent? queen? She's yeah, a Bridgerton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You do, you do your mum fantastic. Yeah, that's exactly. Stuart, Stuart, don't say that about me. That's not what I sound like at all, Stuart. She's, he's like he's got an accent. So then, and if you're listening, call up and see if whether that sounds like you at all. <laughs> now, are you brave enough here to impersonate your mum, Emily in Oxley? Let's hear it. Hi, how are you guys? Good. Hey, good. How does your mum sound? Um, oh, so she does like to say this a lot. Mm. She goes, Emily, I have a bone to pick with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Everyone can do their mum's catchphrase. Yes, yes. Is it generally what over something you've posted online or, or just you haven't sh- just gone to visit her? Oh, well, just also when I come home from school, there was always something that she's heard from my sister yeah. or... You know, something going on, or I haven't cleaned up something, so. <laughs> yeah, all right. 13, 10, 60, it's risky business impersonating your mum, because if you get back to can, my mum, I'm going to tell Can remain anonymous. <laughs> Linda from Marana Hills, uh, let's hear your mum's voice. Well, my mum would do something like, Linda, <laughs> if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> Linda. I love that it stops between. <laughs> <laughs> Always the extension of my name. Yes. Linda. Middle name's always nice to throw in, isn't it, sometimes? The stops were always different with Dad because it was while he was flogging you. Like, I told you not to do that! <laughs> Did you, does your mum say your middle name when you're in trouble? No, but she'll say Matthew. Yeah. She, she, Matthew! Yeah. Yeah. We had a bird growing up that learnt to talk, a long-beaked Corella. They're one of the greatest talkers of birds. And that was its first word? Um, <laughs> no, it's... I'm not even lying. Oh, Bert yeah. <laughs> used to impersonate my mum. <laughs> Did she hate it? And it would do it in her voice. And it was her yelling at me when I'd be fighting with my Matthew! sisters. Matthew! <laughs> Matthew! Okay. Go, Matthew! <laughs> and then a little expletive. <laughs> but it would say it under its breath. Matthew. Matthew! A long beat Corella, one of the greatest talkers of all the birds. They're very, you yeah, ask, they're really good. They are. Uh, they're one of the good talkers. Not yeah. Know that. yeah. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> Travis, in Spring Mountain, impersonate your mum. Yeah, hi, hey, gone. Um, good. My mum sort of really yells out all our names and it goes up like a second octave. Ah, let's so hear as it. As soon as she gets us, she goes, Travis! Travis! <laughs> or like this, our dad's somewhere down the paddock. She goes, Andrew! <laughs> or, or even my brother. So it's just like, Benjamin! So just always like a little angry little voice, but she's going to tell me if she is. Sounds, uh, like a, <laughs> sounds like a long beat gorilla to me. One of the great talkers. <laughs> oh, that's classic. <laughs> All right, we've got Stav's mum on. Yay! Anne, do you think uh, Stav does a good impersonation of you? Stuart, I don't sound like that. Stuart, I don't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uncanny. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. That's the podcast. Great job, guys. See you tomorrow. Bye. Stab Abby and Matt. Brisbane wakes up with Stab Abby and Matt on B105.